Amen. Our reading is from the book of Acts today. We're going to read from the start of the book, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. If you can find a pew Bible like this, you'll find us reading on page 1092. 1092. Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Amen. We stand as we sing together. King of kings, majesty, God of heaven, living in me, gentle saviour, closest friend, strong deliverer, beginning and end. Well, we are taking a two-week break from our journey through James to have a look at the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ and to seek to find the answer to the following question. Does the ascension of Jesus matter? And connected to that question, is the ascension of Jesus Good. We could sum up last week's message with one word, vindication, vindication. So many people 
rejected Jesus when he came into the world, even his own people, even the Jewish people, even the people who had been given the scriptures, even the people who had been told what to look for as they waited and, and watched for the anointed king to come from God, even they rejected Jesus. We could focus in on the twelve, on the, the ones that Jesus himself chose to be his followers, this band of brothers who had access to Jesus like no one else. Even from within, within that select group, there is rejection, there is betrayal, there is denial, there is desertion. The world rejects Jesus, but the ascension shows us that God accepts, God approves of the life that the Lord Jesus Christ lived. So many hated him, but the Father loved him. So many were ashamed of him, but the Father beamed with pride and with joy in his Son. And that's what mattered to Jesus. That's what kept him going. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. To put it in the language of the emoji, which thanks to Katie I'm becoming fluent in, what does it matter if the whole world gives you a thumbs down if God the Father gives you a thumbs up? It doesn't. It doesn't. The world rejected Jesus. But God accepted and approved and affirmed him. And we see that undeniably as we see the Lord Jesus Christ ascending to take his place at the right hand of the Father. This is the most honored place there is. And God the Father is pleased to give it to Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we went one step further last week as well, didn't we? So one word's vindication, but it comes in two parts. Vind the Lord Jesus Christ is vindicated as God takes him, God the Father takes him to be by his side. But it's not just the Lord Jesus Christ who is vindicated in the ascension, it's the way of the Lord Jesus Christ that is vindicated in the ascension. So children of God, followers of Jesus, are to live like Christ, assured that this way meets with the approval of God the Father. Rejection are, and ridicule are a small price to pay to live our lives in a way which meets with the approval of God. So Paul, when he's writing to the Christians in Philippi, wants to urge them to love each other, to honor each other, 
not to be selfish, but to be selfless in their relationships. And he says, do, no, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. We might say, well, why should we live like that, Paul? And Paul is gracious enough to give us reasons. He doesn't just say, because I say so, like a, an exasperated father. No, because of the way of Jesus. He humbled himself. He chose to love. And that is why we should humble ourselves. That is why we should choose to love, even when we feel the other person doesn't really deserve that love. So Paul goes on, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Instead, made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and be, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is the way of Jesus. And then Paul makes sure we see that God approves of this way. God is pleased with the way that Jesus humbles himself the way that he loves others, even when it's costly to do so. Therefore, says Paul, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So the way of Jesus is vindicated by God in the ascension. The Apostle Paul reminds us of that truth and urges us, exhorts us to live lives of humility and love, assured that God will honor those lives, that God will honor us as we live in that way. The early Christians weren't actually called Christians, they were called followers of the way. And that is what we are called to be, followers of the way that is Christ and followers of the way of Christ. Why is the ascension good? Last week's message can be summed up with one word, vindication. This week's message can be summed up in three words. Firstly, presence. Presence. You may be tempted to say, well, I can see, you know, why the ascension is good for Jesus, because he gets lifted out of the mess that is this world. There is no more suffering for him, no more uh, pain, no more crosses to be carried, no more deaths to die. I can see why it's good for Jesus, but why is it good for us, the followers of Jesus? 
Why did he say to his disciples, it is for your good that I am going away? How can that possibly be so? How can it be good for the followers of Jesus to be without Jesus? How can it be good for the followers of Jesus, for Jesus to leave them, to leave us? It doesn't seem to make any sense. Wouldn't it be better if he was still on earth, teaching, meeting with people? Could you imagine actually seeing him in the flesh, on the earth, hearing him preach? Wouldn't that be wonderful? How could it possibly be better for us that Jesus ascend to heaven, that he'll leave, that he would leave us without him on the earth? It, It just doesn't seem to make any sense until we hear what Jesus says in context. John 16, verse 7, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So one of the reasons that Jesus ascends on high, ascends into heaven, is so that he can send the Spirit, into the church. He says in John chapter 14, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you, that's pre-Pentecost, and will be in you, That's post-Pentecost. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So he hasn't left us at all. We actually have more of the presence of Jesus than we would have had he stayed here on earth. The Holy Spirit brings the presence of Jesus to the people of Jesus. Jesus sending His Spirit means He can be with all of His people all of the time. If He was still constrained to the limitations of life lived as a man on the earth, then how often would we actually get to see Him, to meet with Him, to hear Him? So I asked the the children in the children's talk, you know, have you ever seen the Queen? Have you ever met the Queen? Have you ever had a conversation with the Queen? Does the Queen know you? Does the Queen love you? Is the Queen with you? No. Not through any fault of her own. Where the Lord Jesus Christ still here on earth, maybe we would be fortunate enough to get a golden ticket once in our lifetime to go and to hear him speak, or maybe just to see him drive past as he's on his way to some engagement. Maybe we would get 
a moment with him, a word with him. But that would be all. Now we have his presence with us, within us, all of the time. If Jesus were still here, had he not ascended, there would be two classes of Christian, wouldn't there? There would be those who have met Jesus, who would be held up here, and there would be those who had never met Jesus, who would be down here. But all of us who are Christians, all of us who are believers, we can say with integrity that we have met Jesus, that we know Jesus, that Jesus knows us, that Jesus is with us, that Jesus is within us. Had he not ascended, there would be two classes of church as well, wouldn't there? There would be the churches that Jesus had visited and the churches that Jesus had not visited. But now all of us, every church, all over the world, can sing with absolute integrity. The King is among us. His Spirit is here. Let's draw near and worship. Let songs fill the air. Do you know, if Jesus hadn't ascended, I wonder how passionate we would be about fulfilling the Great Commission, seeing more people come to faith in Christ. We probably wouldn't be very passionate at all because the, the more people that become Christians, the less chance there is that we will get to meet with Jesus. All of these things are now swept away because Jesus ascended on high. He took his rightful place at the Father's right hand and he fulfilled the promise he had given to his people to pour out, to send out his Spirit upon his church. And so we actually have more of Jesus than we would have had he not ascended. So first word, presence. Second word, priesthood. Jesus is our great high priest. What is a priest's job? In its simplest form, a priest is someone who speaks to God on behalf of his people. I've been a football fan for a long time, and there are not many uh, songs that you would hear in the terraces that I would be happy to quote in this church from this pulpit, or anywhere else for that matter. But there is one song that every, every club from time to time has the opportunity to sing. And the lyrics are very simple. It's the name of the person, and then he's one of our own. So when Katie grows up and is an international superstar playing for Airdrie, the song would be, she's one of our own, she's one of our own. Katie Murphy, she's one of our own. I'm not going to sing it. I wouldn't put you through that. But it's a great thing when you see someone maybe that you actually know or a friend of a friend knows and they were brought up in your community 
on your street supporting the same team that you supported, and now he's there on the pitch, living the dream, wearing the badge, representing not just that club that you support, but in a sense representing your neighborhood or your community. Wonderful thing. So I, I saw interviews um, just before the royal wedding yesterday, I think it was the day before, interviews uh, with people who had been brought up in the same community as Meghan Markle, and they were just filled with joy. They were obviously overjoyed for her as she prepared for the day of her, her wedding. They were excited for her. But they were overjoyed for themselves and for their community as well because it's like she is now part of the royal family and she is in a sense representing their community in that high and, and, and lofty place. And they were so excited at the prospect of that. Well, we have one of our own in heaven. Not only in heaven, but at the right hand of the Father, representing us. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus is still a man. Still the man who is God. He's not shed his humanity as if it were a costume. He is one of us. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. One of our own, a true representative. And he has the ear of the Father. Imagine uh, Meghan Markle had been from Airdrie. We would be so excited, wouldn't we? One of our own has the ear of the Queen. Well, we can say as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, one of our own, a human being, has the ear of God the Father. And what is Jesus doing at the right hand of the Father? You would understand if he was just relaxing, wouldn't you? Given all that he had been through for us. But no, he's still working for the good of his people. He's interceding for us. He's praying for us. He's praying for you. Isn't that an amazing thought? Shouldn't that offer comfort and courage to those who are weary or fearful. The Lord Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the throne of God, the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, interceding for you. It's wonderful. Humanity in the presence of God, representing, interceding, leading the way. We know now that there is a way for people to dwell with God again. Because Jesus has gone ahead of us and we will follow in his footsteps. He is preparing a place for his brothers and sisters. Presence, priesthood, and lastly, power. Power within us, the Spirit brings not just the presence of Jesus, but the power of Jesus when we step out and serve him 
If we're not stepping out and serving Him, then we cannot reasonably expect to know anything of the power of Jesus working in our lives. But when we are living the life that Christ calls us to live, when we are honoring the Word of God, there are times that that will frighten us. There are times it will seem like too much for us. And as we live that life, we will experience the wonderful reality of the power of God working in and through us. Power within us, but also power on high working for us. So we read Luke's account of the ascension from Acts chapter 1. Uh, as the disciples watched the Lord Jesus Christ rise from the ground, it's a, a scene that you, you can barely picture in your mind's eye, like something we have never, ever seen, rising from the ground and ascending to be hidden by a cloud. Well, as we read Daniel chapter 7, we have exactly the same scene, but it's not from below, it's from above. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. It's like the, the, the coronation to end all coronations. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. What was the title that Jesus took for himself far more often than any other titles? The son of man. Time and time again, Jesus points us back to this passage, to this prophecy from Daniel. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. So Luke leaves us with Jesus being covered by the cloud. Daniel starts the story with Jesus coming with the, the clouds from heaven. He approached the ancient of days, so he approaches God, the Father, and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Daniel, in his dream, sees God. One like a son of man is led into the presence of God, coming with the clouds, and he is given authority glory, and sovereign power. He is worshipped by people of every nation, and he is made to rule over a kingdom that will never be destroyed. He is our priest, and he is our king. The queen has done a great job. She has a lot of influence, but she doesn't have much power, not real power. And she's not perfect. None of us are. She's never met me. She's probably never met you. If one of you has uh, had the privilege of meeting the Queen, you can tell me at the door at the end. Uh, she doesn't know me or you. She doesn't love me or you. She hasn't experienced some of the things that we have had to experience. All of this is, is no, through no fault of her own. But how wonderful to compare that with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
King Jesus is truly powerful. Having ascended, he has been given the name that is above every name. He has been given authority, glory, sovereign power with which to rule his people. And he loves us. His intentions for us are always good. He is working in each of our lives for our goods and for the glory of God our Father. He is powerful and He is perfect. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, we see. And that is proved time and time again as we look to any earthly empire, any human earthly dictator we might choose to look at. But it's not true of Jesus. Perfect in power, yet utterly utterly pure. He rules, He reigns, and even when all around us seems so chaotic, we affirm and we declare that He is still on the throne, He is still in control, He is still working out His plans and His purposes. He is still good, He is still powerful, He is still working. And here we find hope, courage, strength, and peace. Why is the ascension good news? Because of the presence of Jesus, which is ours by the Spirit. Because of the priesthood of Jesus, as He intercedes on our behalf. And because of the power of Jesus, which he uses for our good and for the glory of God in our lives. So take courage, believer. Wherever you are, whatever you are facing, whatever battles you are fighting, take courage because your Lord is still on the throne. And we stand to celebrate that truth as we sing our closing hymn. Jesus is King, and I will extol Him. Give Him the glory and honor His name. He reigns on high, enthroned in the heavens. Word of the Father, exalted for us.